Coming up on Stew Does America, the Washington Redskins once again find themselves under attack for their name by everyone except Native Americans and also people capable of rational thought. Redskins fan Dan Andros of Faithwire is threatening to abandon and boycott the NFL forever if they kill the name. We'll see how that's holding up. And Rachel Bovard from the Conservative Partnership Institute explains another insane example of the left trying to destroy our history. If you didn't get to catch Glenn's Restoring Hope event last week, be sure to sign up for Blaze TV for exclusive access. It's easy. Just head to blazetv.com slash stew and use the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show and you'll save 10 bucks and get instant access to all of our excellent programming. And we have a special announcement. This Friday will be our 100th episode of this stupid show. So this Friday, we will have our normally scheduled episode for number 100, and then we will have a special YouTube-only broadcast, Stu Does Power Hour, the 100th anniversary celebration featuring the mixture of high-level political discussion and ridiculous college drinking game where you take one shot of beer per minute for an hour. It starts out sort of coherent and then gets less so. So go to YouTube now and simply search for Stu. I will be the first one there. And make sure to subscribe and click the bell for all the updates. And if you're watching on YouTube, click like on this video right now before I say something stupid and talk you out of it. Again, it's this Friday, YouTube only, our 100th anniversary celebration, Stu Does Power Hour, featuring a sober Sarah Gonzalez, a not-so-sober Chad Prather, and more. Remember, we always strive for smart analysis, stupid laughs, and only occasionally the opposite. Stu Does America. Well, if you spent a couple days away from the internet to try to spend some time with your family this weekend, you might have missed the latest developments in the world of cancel culture. What incredibly insane things have happened over the past couple of days? Let's take a look in our latest episode of Everything is Racist. Everything is racist. Every thought you have is a KKK dream. Everything is racist. White supremacy is the dream. Well, the Cleveland Indians are considering a name change because they are committed to engaging our community and appropriate stakeholders, which interestingly is a phrase no one has ever said with sincerity, ever. The CFL's Edmonton Eskimos are keeping their name after an extensive year-long formal research and engagement program, whatever that is. The Atlanta Braves will also not be switching yet after they held meetings with our Native American Working Group. Are you insinuating that other groups of Native Americans don't work, you bastards? And Emory and Henry College in Virginia may be changing their nickname from the wasps, like the literal insect, a wasp. Why? To not offend those allergic to their stings. No, I'm only kidding. To because, it's all because a, this is a quote, while the little wasp itself isn't offensive, but the acronym WASP stands for White Anglo-Saxon Protestant. I, I kid you not, we live in stupid, stupid times. Everything is racist. Every thought you have is a KKK dream. Everything is racist. White supremacist extreme. Now, the Washington Redskins are back on the chopping block, which is actually a pretty sexist phrase. Look it up. And probably should be canceled as well. 
I should admit some bias going into this, and it's, it's important to do this as a broadcaster. I hate the Washington Redskins. I mean, it's not Dallas Cowboys level hate, but along with the Giants, they are in the division with the good guys, the Philadelphia Eagles, America's real team. And therefore, just like the trash that plays in the stadium near where I live in Texas, the Redskins suck. In fact, a good part of me wants to have the Redskins change their name. Why? Well, because their resisting of this nonsensical cultural tide of a name change is up until this point literally the only thing I like about them. It was nice to see an owner actually show a spine for once. Well, spines were made to be broken, which isn't a phrase, but if it were, it should definitely be canceled. The Redskins released a statement which read in part, in light of recent events around our country and feedback from our community, the Washington Redskins are announcing the team will undergo a thorough review of the team's name. Reports by ESPN since have indicated that yes, the name will change. That's a little different than the way I would handle it. I gotta be honest, I'd wait about six months and then release a statement on the same letterhead that just said, after a close study and consultation about a change of the name of the Washington Redskins, Nah. Sincerely, the Washington Redskins. That's what I would do, but, you know, this is why I don't own an NFL team. I mean, that and, you know, I am a couple billion dollars short. That's a separate issue, though. If they're really going to change the name, they should probably have the facts. So here's a handy-dandy FAQ about the Redskins. Is the name racist or not? All right, let's start with how did the name start? Well, that one, not racist. There's almost no disagreement on this one. The term Redskins unquestionably uh, questionably began as a friendly term to describe Native Americans used and created by Native Americans. The seminal work, a term I use intentionally because seminal means strongly influencing later developments, and also one other thing that you'll have to look up. Don't do it. But the seminal work on the term Redskin is called I Am a Redskin, the adoption of a Native American expression. You might notice that the story is about our language adopting a Native American expression because it says that in the title. It also gives a zillion examples of it being true. For example, red was soon adopted in both French and English and was conventional by the 1750s. Although Europeans sometimes use such expressions among themselves, however, they remained aware of the fact that this was originally and particularly a Native American usage. Okay, well, what about the owner at the time of the name change? Ooh, sorry, he is racist. Ooh, the owner at the time of the change was George Preston Marshall. He changed the name from the Boston Braves to the Boston Redskins because there was already a baseball team with a Boston Braves name. Marshall was definitely a racist, but not a racist against Native Americans. He was a racist against African-Americans. Now, this does not rehabilitate him as a person at all, but it does call for a more careful examination of the name itself. Marshall wasn't just a racist as a function of his time, either. He refused to hire any black players long after every other team in the league did so, which basically made his team suck for years and years. Today, they still suck without the racism. The owner did a lot of problematic things, and some were really racist, and some were just offensive to our brand new woke sensibilities. But if you want to erase the owner's history, focus on him, not the team name. By the way, they've already taken him out of the team's history. What was the intent of the name of the franchise? Ah, this one, not racist. 
when the name was chosen, the intent was unquestionably positive. The term Redskins was chosen to honor the coach and the several players that were on the team at the time who were Native Americans. It would have been a weird meeting, you know, with this coach if he was naming it the Redskins to slur him. Would have been strange. Beyond that, it's kind of obvious that you just don't name your franchise after things that you hate. For example, I would not name my football team the Avocados because avocados are alien eggs sent here to destroy our society and are also gross and mushy. Usually name your team after things you appreciate and want to root for. Not sure what that says about the New Jersey Devils, but it's Jersey, so it probably makes sense. What about the other uses of the name? Sometimes racist is this ruling. There definitely were occasional ugly uses of Redskin in between when it was first used and when the Redskins named their franchise. But almost everyone seems to go back to this random quote from a Minnesota newspaper in 1863. The state reward for dead Indians has been increased to $200 for every Redskin sent to purgatory. Uh, Though the 1800s were also filled with positive references to the term as well, including this one. The sudden emergence of the English word redskin in in print uh, during the treaty negotiations of 1815 can plausibly be seen as directly stimulated by the circumstance of those events. The treaties were greatly empowering for the Indians who ceded nothing and were loaded with gifts in exchange for accepting a mutual peace. All right, next up, how do people use the name today? Not racist. This is probably the most important thing, right? Literally no one on earth uses the term redskin today as anything other than a football team. I said this six or seven years ago on the air, and it still stands today. I have literally never, not one time in my entire life, ever have heard the word redskin used as a pejorative against a Native American. Never. It simply means a football team now. A crappy football team, sure, but a football team. What do actual Native Americans think about the name? Hmm, This is important, too. Not racist. I really like this one because it gives me a chance to talk about a shocking bit of media bias. During the 2000s, the media decided to push this narrative that the Redskins' name was offensive. To prove this case, they polled Native Americans multiple times and found that about 90% of Native Americans didn't find it to be offensive. 90%. What happened this weekend was not shocking for its content, but that it was actually admitted to. The Washington Post, who conducted one of the polls that showed what Native Americans actually felt, has become incredibly embarrassed by the poll. And they're now admitting that. Quote, a survey explores Native, uh, how Native Americans feel about the name Washington Redskins. No, it's not that survey. This one is new. This is a media organization that was responsible for the seminal moment in a debate that resulted in a surprising result disproving a narrative. And they're running from it. Look at the way they talk about their own poll. The Post poll has been blamed for killing the debate. The truth is, our collective response did. And that never should have happened. The name is a dictionary-defined slur. Whether or not 10% of Native Americans or 50% of your co-workers or your favorite aunt acknowledge it. What? This is progressivism in a nutshell. These stupid people don't understand that they should be offended. We elitists of superior intelligence understand how they should feel, and that's more important than their life experiences or even our own scientific poll. 
So they wrote another story about another poll with a totally different methodology. After several more years of trying to convince Native Americans that the name is offensive, the results? This time, only 68% of Native Americans were not offended by the name. The reasons they gave for feeling that way include, it's just a name, it honors, uh, it, it honors our, uh, I think it was, uh, our heritage, or honors or represents their heritage, and people are overly sensitive. <laughs> By the way, it's a bit of uh, apples and oranges, but 68% approval is higher than Americans rate every single American institution except for the military and small business. The poll went farther than just a simple question. They tried to really hard, I would say, to pull out some negative reaction from Native Americans, but it's just not there. Quote, the survey presented respondents with more than 40 emotions and asked them to indicate whether each represented how they felt about the team's name. The word picked most was proud. This <laughs> is unbelievable. What a fail. This is just like Aunt Jemima. African-Americans felt overwhelmingly positive of the image of a happy and caring African-American on their syrup bottles and pancake boxes. They bought them more than any other group by far. But white woke morons took them away because they were angry that black shoppers didn't understand how offended they should be. Here again, Native Americans are saying they feel proud and white people are saying you just don't understand how you feel. Native American business owner Robert Doerr summarized the debate from his perspective. It will erase us. It will erase us from history. It will erase us like we never happened. Let's start fighting for something that matters. Let's attack something like housing. Let's attack, attack alcoholism. I'll fight tooth and nail if we can, but changing a football team name will do nothing for us. After this is done, and I fully expect the Redskins to fold on this, what team name will be safe? The only team name left is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles because they were named after the symbol of a massive collection of government programs. And there's nothing harder than getting rid of a massive collection of government programs. I've got a crazy week ahead, including our 100th episode celebration, uh, Power Hour. And when you have a day like that coming up, you need to get a little bit ahead of things. Fast Blast is a great way to do this. Intermittent fasting is a way, when you know you're going to have a bad day coming up, or you know you just had a bad day, this is a way to get jump right back on the bandwagon. It's one of the ways I really like to use uh, the, uh, the intermittent fasting stuff. Um, dieting has is, is always been a problem, I think, for most people because it's, you're, just taking a, you're shaving a little bit of the edges, a little bit of the food that you eat every day, and you slowly lose weight. And people say, well, that's the healthy way to do it. Well, I mean, it's also kind of a, a difficult way to do it, to be honest with you. Fast Blast has a much easier way, and it, it, it requires you to, uh, it's usually they do two days of, um, of fasting during the week just two days, and then you have other windows where you can eat uh, on, the, on the other days. They make it really easy. They can explain the whole thing to you. I'm not going to go through all of the details here, but Fast Blast makes it easy because they give you these great smoothies, and these smoothies are delicious. They're f uh, uniquely formulated for intermittent fasting, and they give you great energy, fewer cravings, and the best part is, you know, look, it's very simple, and it tastes great. You just have one of these every couple of hours, and it keeps you satisfied, and it doesn't have any of the yucky aftertaste or anything like that. We always tell you to do your own homework, so, uh, you know, go ahead. Go to fastblast.com slash blaze, fastblast.com.
youtube.com slash blaze. The slash blaze part, of course, is important because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Get started with Fast Blast today for a healthier and smaller you. It's fastblast.com slash blaze. Dan Andros uh, saw my monologue uh, from this last break and basically booked himself on the show to uh, share his opinions on the Washington Redskins. So joining things, uh, joining us now to uh, discuss all things, including the Redskins, is uh, managing editor of Faithwire, Dan Andros. Dan, um, you know, when this started breaking the other day, uh, we were texting back and forth, and your immediate reaction was, if they change this name, you will abandon the NFL forever. How does that stand right now? I'm still pretty close to it. I, I've backtracked a hair where I'm, it depends on what they do. Like if they fully go on with like a full PC name, like the Washington prides or something stupid, uh, you know, I'm, I'm done. Like I'm absolutely done. Um, if, if they keep the logo and then just don't want to deal with the people anymore. I, I hate it. I hate any of this. They should keep it. This is my stance. I'm a Redskin fan. Full disclosure. I'm completely biased on this. But they should keep the name. They shouldn't change it. So I'll be annoyed if they change it. But if they keep the logo, I may be able to say, okay, at least they stood some ground. But my my personal take is that they should not change this at all. Um, I want to get into the logo here in a minute because there's a really interesting history on it. Uh, I kind of obviously come from a different perspective as an Eagles fan. I'm not, not a Redskins fan. Um, part of this, though, is I actually like Snyder is, is taking a, a strong stance on this. He said he would never change the name. He's he's been one of the only people standing up against this just overflowing cultural tide uh, for this stuff going on. And. I guess just because, I, like, I don't even understand the tie here because George Floyd, I guess, this means that a football team that has nothing to do with African-Americans has to change their name. I don't even, I can't even follow the logic anymore. No, George Floyd, by the way, I, I, I wonder if three in 10 people on the street could name George Floyd at this point. They've just stopped caring about him. I mean, this is what Marxists do, though. They just in leftists like AOC. They just, you know, they latch on to a movement and, and, a, and a moment and then all they do is then try to jam every Marxist fever dream they've got down the throats of America. Right. And for some reason, this time we're entertaining it. Yeah, I don't understand. I really don't. I don't. I don't get it. I mean, we we've seen this over and over again with these sort of cultural phenomenon. There's this moment what sometimes it's a real tragedy, like I think it was with Floyd, like it has been, you know, the Parkland shooting was this type of thing. Uh, maybe Harvey Weinstein in the Me Too movement. And then everyone just jumps on these these wagons and just goes for every single like just goes for I hate to use it in this context, but goes for scalps and, and tries to see if they can get as many as they can. That was actually a mistaken pun, by the way. Um, so I guess part of this, which is infuriating, is just how it's happening. I always like the way the Masters did it. The Masters had this big controversy with, uh, you know, letting women go to their club. And they just said no. And then they stopped letting any advertisers on for several years. And then about five years after it was a controversy, they just said, OK, now women can come in. Like, that's them yeah. making the decision, not the pressure making the decision. And I think it's so much more, uh, you know, it's more genuine when you do it that way. Yeah, this is completely inauthentic right now. Like to act like you get some sort of win here to force them to cave is ludicrous. It's ludicrous. This is all pure, you know, pressure and financial pressure with FedEx and Nike saying they're not going to, you know, they're going to withdraw all these funds and everything else. Like it's not real. Like you just are bullying and forcing this decision. So it's really done no good whatsoever. There's no way Dan Snyder's mind has actually changed on this. Uh, for some reason, FedEx and if FedEx and Nike hadn't 
stepped up and said they were going to punish them financially, uh, there, this would still wouldn't be an issue. But obviously, money talks, and you know maybe Snyder's just backed into a corner at this point. I mean, how can you even take Nike seriously? They, they're <laughs> yeah. supporting Colin Kaepernick, who's a total joke. <laughs> who once again this weekend said that you know the, the Fourth of July shows the white supremacy. Like how you can keep this guy on your payroll is inexplicable. FedEx, of course, has the naming rights to the field. Uh, I just worry that people are going to see this as an AOC win because she recently tweeted about it, and I just I can't. I can't take it. No, I, I, no, please. No, no, we absolutely cannot have that. We cannot let AOC be emboldened. That's the worst thing America could deal with right now. <laughs> I, pretty much without exception. OK, let's look at um, the logo because you because you have, I would say, more reverence for the logo than the name. Do I have that right? Yeah. And like it's been bothering me this whole that they're caving because. You know, not so much the name. I'm not married to the name. I mean, if it if it was really offensive to Native Americans, I would say change it. I wouldn't care. But that's just not the truth. Like the truth mm-hmm. has been you know, even Berkeley tried to, you know, get a poll to say that it's a racist name. And they still came out like 50 percent of people weren't, didn't care about it. So it's <laughs> like even Berkeley can't do it. So <laughs> it's just not true that it's a, it's true that it's been used as a slang. But when was the last time you heard someone? How about them? Redskins out there running around, you know, yeah. making casino. Literally Nobody never. Says this. Literally like, never. It's nothing but the football team. That's all it is at this point. Um, so, but the logo is particularly interesting because, you know, as a Redskin fan growing up as a kid, like I have great, I mean, I love Indians because of this logo. I mean, it's the only, you know, main connection I had to like watching sports. I love it. But when you actually look at the history of it, it would be more racist and bigoted to delete this thing than it would uh, uh, to to keep it. And and I'll tell you why, uh, Stu, in, in this, again, this would take five minutes of Google for any of these woke activists if they'd want to figure it out, if they actually cared about Native Americans. But uh, Lance Wenzel, his dad uh, is a guy uh, named Walter Blackie Wetzel. That's his nickname, Walter Blackie Wetzel. Maybe we should cancel him for his nickname. <laughs> Gosh, um, we should. But the, but the image on the logo is these go, those guys are both Native Americans from the Blackfeet tribe. Uh, and the image on the Redskins logo now is of John Two Guns Whitecap, who is a Blackfeet chief, uh, who is also on the Buffalo uh, Nickel. And so um, when he says the guy's son, because Walter has passed away, he said, when I look at the logo, I mostly think of my dad because he was the person who found pride in the Redskins logo of having our people in the spotlight being represented by a big time professional team. Mm. Back in that time frame, this is the 70s, there wasn't a whole lot of positives about Native Americans. To look at that helmet and to see representation, I see a whole lot of pride. Now, Walter Wetzel wasn't just this random Native Native American guy. He was a former Blackfeet tribal chairman and National Congress American Indian president. Mm. Uh, And he was the one, this guy spent his life uh, his later years of his life, 40 years, being an activist for Native Americans. And this was one of the things that he did and that he pushed for to help Native Americans was to get because it used to be an R. The, the Redskins logo was just an R. And he got the the Native American image on the logo because he thought uh, it was a good thing. So that's remarkable. It's amazing. And there's no this is the thing I keep coming back to in the with all these scandals. 
There is no consideration for the group that is supposed to be offended. If we decide you should be offended by something as white elitists, then we get to tell you whether you should have it anymore, whether the product that you buy at the grocery store should be on the grocery store shelves anymore, whether the team that you find uh, pride in should exist anymore. This is clearly more racist than the name itself. It's it's an enti- it's yeah. one group of people telling another group of people they're not smart enough to figure out what offends them. That is that is that is blatant racism in my mind. As blatant racism, and and again, I mean, not only did that this guy have this high position. Listen to how he's described by his son. My dad was kind of a kind of like Martin Luther King. Uh, he never gave up and kept trying to make things better for the native people. And then there's another guy quoted in this article who's also like a high profile sort of Native American activist who agrees and said he brought native people together. And when he did, all of the tribes of the national tribal programs advanced. And he says uh, when they were Super Bowl champions twice in the 1980s, every time people looked at the Redskins helmet, they saw a person with Native American profile on the shield. And it had an effect on that on subtly on those people that were native. He said, I've never heard any tribal leader object to the use of the image of the Washington Redskins. Uh, It's very satisfying to see a Native American on a professional football helmet. And he said the tribes were satisfied. And I never heard anyone object to being uh, in the tribe, object to being an Indian and never heard any objections to the use of logos like the Chicago Blackhawks. I've never heard any complaints from the tribe. Case closed. (laughs) Yeah. You're done. Get out of here. I mean, <laughs> what else can you say? What else do you need at this point? Mm. Well, this you make me almost believe you when you say you're going to abandon the NFL and never watch it again. If they if we come back with the Washington pride um, and the flag is, is, I don't know, maybe it's rainbow or whatever it is. <laughs> Is this going to be the type of thing? We, I mean, because it's not about what they name it next. It's about what they're doing, I think, here and abandoning these people who overwhelmingly yeah. in yeah. poll after poll after poll say they love this name. And uh, yeah. we just keep abandoning them. And shame on The Washington Post for trying every couple of years to do this poll. Like they're yeah. trying <laughs> to get a different result. They're like, we can't believe it. It happened again. Yeah. <laughs> they still don't care about this name. Like, hell, oh, you should just. Maybe just report the actual fact. Now, now Stu, yeah. I want to give you uh, one more fact here about uh, Walter Wetzel here. Um, not only was he Native American who you know did all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just going to let's fast forward to when he was bo- or rewind until when he was born in 1919. When he was five, he was sent on a train to a boarding school in Kansas. He's from Montana. They sent him to Kansas uh, with two of his brothers where he stayed for five years. And then he finally was able to come back to his tribe after that. Why? Well, because the United States government at that time took Indian children from their families and sent them to boarding schools to be Mm. educated so they could assimilate into U.S. culture. So you're going to take you're going to tell me you're going to take the work of this man, one of his crowning achievements of his Native American activism, a guy who overcame being taken by the United States government (laughs) out of his home for five years of his childhood and put back, and you're going to delete that. Un- you're going to delete that. Yes. You know what? Having this segment, Stu, has, has just confirmed it. If they change that logo, the name, I, I look, whatever, I can deal without the name. If they change that logo as well and just completely abandon the Native American thing, I am, I'm done with the NFL. Gone. Bye-bye. Have fun with your woke activism. 
You've lost this one. Mm, wow. All right. Well, there we go. We have it from Dan Andros, managing editor of Faithwire. Pull that clip. We'll see what happens with this logo. We'll come back to you and play it to torture you if it actually does happen. Uh, before you leave I here, know. Dan, and one, and one and more quick one. a great go- game on, and I'm going to be yeah. like, oh, I really want to watch it. But. <laughs> one more quick one before you leave. Another offensive name, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs have just signed uh, Patrick Mahomes to a 10-year, $450 million contract extension with his existing contract. I think it comes to 12 years, $477 million. I mean, he's really good. That's a, that's a hell of a contract, though. Yeah, really good, but he's obviously on a hateful team. I mean, Chiefs, you know, with the with the logo there, I mean, obviously they got to change that. Mm-hmm. The big question here, though, Stu, on that contract is what do the Cowboys do? Because obviously they've got <laughs> Dak Prescott. Maybe they'll pay him a billion dollars. But the other thing, what about the Cowboys, Stu? They're, they're not only, uh, you know, a, a team here that has to figure out what to do with Dak Prescott. They've got to figure out what to do with their name. They're Cowboys, gun-toting. Yes. Indian, non-affirming, mm-hmm. whatever PC language we need to throw on that. Oh, So if they're going to change the Redskins, I am campaigning to get the Cowboys changed, too. I am telling you, I bet you Jerry Jones has made a phone call to Snyder and said, please don't bail on this, because <laughs> as soon as they go... Boys? Yeah, yeah, Cowboys? That's what? so gender It's gender-specific. It's, oh, it's just terrible. <laughs> this is a total new controversy, and all of a sudden, I'm supporting of cancel culture. Dan Andros, I'm managing editor of Faithwire. Check out his YouTube page as well. Back in a second. Kind of have this working theory that as things get better in your country, the complaints just get dumber and dumber. Um, you know, they never get less intense, though. People care just as much about a, um, a statue coming down of some Confederate general than the actual act of slavery. Like, there's no difference in the passion level, but the complaint, it gets dumber and dumber. Um, this, this weekend is a good example of it. I mean, when people are talking about football team names and uh, statues coming down, here's, here's some things that happen. Uh, Southeast D.C., an 11th, 11-year-old 6th grade football star who dreamed of going pro was hit in the head by a bullet during a cookout organized by his mother. In Atlanta, uh, a day after an 8-year-old girl was shot near a Wendy's restaurant, uh, where Richard Brooks was killed last month by police. Um, they, uh, the, um, the mayor denounced violence, which is, is nice of her. Chicago, seven-year-old girl, was one of 80 people shot, at least 17 of those f- fatally. A 22-year-old man has been charged in Friday's horrific shootout in Alabama with an, that left an eight-year-old boy dead. A six-year-old boy was fatally shot in San Francisco's Bayview neighborhood Saturday evening. There's another video going around. You know, every once in a while, one of these hits, and, and you just wish you didn't see it. Um, it was an eight-year-old, uh, a six-year-old little girl walking with her dad. And I don't know what happened, some sort of altercation with a passing car. Guy takes out a gun, shoots the dad dead right next. They're holding hands in the middle of the street in, in Brooklyn. I, you know, we can all talk about how important the statue coming down is. I'm sure that's really vital to everybody's future. This stuff goes on over and over again, and nobody cares. It reveals exactly who the left is and who the media is. They don't care about any of this stuff. They only care about this side crap to get you annoyed. We have to avoid that instinct. Back in a second. And 
All right, we're all looking for ways to save money. It's true. Well, when's the last time you looked at how much you're spending every month on something like car insurance or homeowners insurance? Who even knows? I mean, I, you don't even, especially homeowners insurance. I feel like that gets set, and you don't even think about it again. Now's the time to check out Gabby and see if you're getting a lower rate for the exact same coverage that you already have. Gabby is awesome because. It's hard to shop for insurance because there's so many different qualifications. There's so many different parts of the plan. How do you know you're getting the equal coverage? You know, you try to get this. I'd like the same coverage. You give some of the headline numbers to an agent and they might match you up on those numbers, but miss some other things. Gabby does it a different way. Either you can give them, you just put in your login information and it will just scan your policy or you can just send them your policy separately and they will go through every detail, match it exactly and show you how much money you can save in like two minutes. It's the, it's the greatest service, a great idea. Gabby customers save $825 on average per year. Would you like another 825 bucks? I know I would. Uh, if they can't find, the, can't find you the savings, by the way, they'll just tell you. They don't try to push you into some policy. It's what they did with me. They said, hey, looks like because I have a bunch of things bundled, I have a pretty decent rate, didn't need to switch. That's okay. Now I have peace of mind and know that I had a good rate. Take two minutes right now to see if you can save money on your homeowner's insurance or your car insurance. Go to Gabby.com slash stew. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash stew. Make sure you use the uh, slash stew part of the address because that's how they know you like this stupid show. G-A-B-I, Gabby dot com slash stew. All right. The world is officially going insane at this point. Frederick Douglass. They vandalized a statue of Frederick freaking Douglass. Frederick Douglass was not a slave owner. He was a slave. He was an abolitionist. He was black. He was everything BLM pretends to care about. Remember when the left went berserk because Trump was going to hold a rally on Juneteenth, the holiday that most people didn't even know about until recently. Well, since the left loves connecting historical events to modern day events, they'll appreciate that the toppling of the Frederick Douglass statue took place exactly 168 years after his famous speech, What to the Slave is the Fourth of July. Rachel Bovard is from the Conservative Partnership Institute, and she joins us now. Rachel, this was up in the area where you grew up, if I'm not mistaken, right? It is. It's about 50 minutes north of where I grew up. Um, Frederick Douglass is something we all learn about in school. You know, there's not much in upstate New York, but we are very proud of our Rochesterians, which include Frederick Douglass, Clara Barton, Susan B. Anthony. Every kid grows up learning about their history. There are 18 statues of Frederick Douglass in the city of Rochester because he lived there for 25 years. Wow, 18 statues. That's amazing. And this one, they actually toppled it. And it seems like the damage is it's kind of beyond repair, uh, at least according to the, the news accounts of, 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 the, uh, of the aftermath. Is that right? According to the city, that's right. The, t- the statue was toppled into a nearby gorge in the Genesee Valley River. Um, they cannot put it back together. It's going to have to be replaced. Um, but again, they don't know who did this. There's no suspect they have in tow yet. It hasn't you know, stopped the speculation over what might have caused this. As you pointed out, the date is a little bit ridiculous, right? It was the, it was the anniversary of, of Frederick Douglass's most famous address um, where his st- when his statue was toppled. So it's an incredibly heartbreaking thing to see when you consider that, again, you know, Rochester is one of the poorest cities in America. It's a minority majority community. So it's predominantly African-American. Frederick Douglass is a hero uh, to these kids, to me, everybody who grew up there. And so it's a real, I think, devastation to see uh, his memory tarnished in this way. Frederick Douglass is one of the people who you think of as untouchable. I, I always think of him as completely untouchable. You know, him, certainly Martin Luther King also used to fit into this category too. But now, you know, the, the is it the sentiments from these guys are no longer going far enough? Is that the basis behind this or is it something else? 
Well, it's interesting because in the last couple of years, you've seen these, you know, slow trickle of articles raising problematic issues with Frederick Douglass from the left. Uh, they think he didn't treat Native Americans, you know, in the right way. He he didn't call out racism boldly enough, which is a shocking take about <laughs> Frederick Douglass. But as recently as two years ago, there was an article in the Atlantic magazine making this point. And so you you have these purity tests, I think, for people who lived over 100 years ago. And no person is perfect. But I think the record of Frederick Douglass's life speaks uh, to his bold legacy on the, on the nature of equality and the fact that he did so much and deserves so much credit for getting this country to where we are. And so it's a shame that people would try to paint him as something other than what he was, which is a courageous hero who fought for equal justice and equal rights for all Americans. Rachel, how do you see the breakdown of these groups that are doing this stuff, tearing down the statues and everything? Because I think some of them are just, you know, people just out for the, you know, the fun of it and, and in the middle of, a, of an intense moment are just going for it. Some people have a real agenda, I think, of trying to overturn our history. Uh, some people just don't know what the hell they're talking about or doing. Uh, what do you think the group is that is actually trying to do this stuff. So I think, you know, you have people who are, are very much dedicated to the initial cause of what this was about, which is police brutality, but it has been exploited by this extreme, you know, group bent on violence, bent on destruction. And I think at the very heart of it, you know, there are people who actually believe, leftists who believe that you cannot improve a society. You have to tear it down. You have to burn it and you have to punish the people who you blame mm. uh, for causing it and for building it. And I think that's a little bit of the logical conclusion of what we're seeing now. And it never ends well. I mean, this isn't new. We've seen this across the world. We saw it in France in the French Revolution. We saw it in the Cultural Revolution under Mao in China. Um, very public struggle sessions of this regard, tearing down their statues, rejecting their history. Now, our history isn't perfect. Um, but we are founded on the idea that all men are created equal and our history is a struggle toward that end. And, you know, where we can learn from that, it's incumbent upon us to do so. It's not incumbent upon us to burn it down, uh, you know, and, and reject everything and the accomplishments of the past, particularly with people like Frederick Douglass. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think I, I keep coming back to the idea that we were formed to, to try to make a more perfect union, not a perfect union. We weren't we, we're never going to get all the way there. We're trying to get as close as we can. And, you know, I think a big important chunk of the question you have to ask yourself when you're talking about the problems in this country is, yes, we have problems, but as compared to what? As compared to perfection? As compared to God? Yes, we've got lots of problems. But when you compare them to every other country in the history of humanity, we're, we, we're, we're doing pretty well there, aren't we? Well, and this, I think, really gets to the heart of the dispute between someone like Martin Luther King Jr. on one hand and Colin Kaepernick on the other. Because if you look at the rhetoric of Martin Luther King Jr., he said, I, I struggle for my country because I love her, because we aren't living up to our founding ideal, which is one of equality and justice for every person. But Colin Kaepernick, on the other hand, says this country has given you know, black Americans nothing. We must reject it. We must burn it down. And there's a central distinction between the two. And I think that's the struggle that you're seeing play out right now is people who say we love America. We want to make her better. We want to strive toward that perfect, you know, per more perfect union and people who just want to burn it all down. And I think, you know, the la one is very effective, as Martin Luther King Jr. pointed out. And one is just destruction, uh, anarchy, and unrest. And I will point out, too, that Martin Luther King Jr. threw far fewer interceptions. It's a totally different uh, situation. Um, I, I, want to, uh, I want to see what level you think 
just historical lack of education plays here. Like I was, I was there's a poll that came out, um, you know, I think it was last week about Juneteenth, and it says 66 percent of people want Juneteenth to be to be a national holiday. And I, I love the idea of end, of celebrating the end of slavery, uh, the worst government program ever conceived. I think it's a great idea. Um, however, only 22 percent of people who answered the poll said they were very familiar with Juneteenth. And it strikes me that if you're, if you're not familiar with it, you probably shouldn't want it to be a national holiday yet. You should probably learn and then become an activist. I feel like we get those things out of order a lot around here lately. We do. There's a very reflexive nature, I think, to our politics, especially around this issue. You know, do we need to improve public education in this country? That is always a resounding yes. Uh, should we have more education around this question? Absolutely. Look, states like Texas have had Juneteenth as a holiday, you know, for decades. Mm -hmm. So there are some people in America that are very familiar with this and others, I think, that need to you know, learn more about it. A restorative dialogue is always going to be useful. But again, to your point, you know, the, the moment that we're living through right now is, is, is emotional and it's reflexive. And there's not a lot of sort of cultural understanding uh, and communication going on at all. Um, so, Rachel, what do you think the right solution is here? Because, I mean, we see, obviously, with Frederick Douglass, the right solution is let the statue stay where it is. It's awesome. Um, but there are some of these statues that are problematic. I mean, they go from Confederate leaders to, you know, even people who are even worse than that still have statues in this country. Is the right, I mean, I can't imagine the right solution is to tear them down in a mob. What is the right thing to do with them? I don't even think this is a conversation you can begin to have when you have mobs tearing across the country, vandalizing any statue they choose from Columbus to Thomas Jefferson to Confederate generals. Do I think we need to have a national conversation about, you know, should we be celebrating, you know, Confederate statues that were put up in the age of Jim Crow? That's a conversation we should have because there are multiple views on that subject. But right now is not that time, you know, when you have a mob demanding an outcome, the, the, the appropriate response is not to bend the knee it's to stop the mob violence mm. and then have a fruitful conversation. Yeah, and, and the mob is coming for people like George Washington, people like Thomas Jefferson, not just, you know, crazy Confederate figures. Um, does, is there a, there's no, doesn't seem to be a limiting principle here. And I think that's the thing that scares conservatives more than anything. Well, I think it should scare everyone because again, you're going back to this mentality of this nation is, is you know, racist and has given nothing to anyone. You know, people are saying they're not proud to be Americans. When you have that as a motivating factor, nothing matters. The only thing that matters is abject anarchy and nihilism. And so you have people just wanting to burn everything down as a statement, you know, of how they feel. And I don't think that's productive. I think it's dangerous. And I think when you normalize a behavior like that, that is how societies fail. Democracies cannot thrive when you when you normalize violence as an appropriate response or an exploitation of violence as an appropriate response. And right now, that's where we are. Mm. Um, I sort of have a theory related to this in that uh, the th you can tell that things are getting better in a country when the complaints get dumber. They never get any less intense. Everyone cares just as much. Um, but the complaints get virtually dumber. For example, you know, there was a time when the problem for African-Americans was actually slavery. And then there was a time where there was, you know, incredible institutional racism. Now we're at a point where we're, you know, Confederate statues are the problem. Like, clearly, we've l at least lessened these problems. It doesn't seem, though, that recognizing uh, progress in this area is trendy anymore, is it? 
It's not. And I think it's a shame because, again, I write and, and speak often about the growing threat of China. And I think about the Uyghur Muslims that are literally in concentration camps, you know, enslaved into forced labor. And that's happening across the world in real time. You know, and here we are in the United States arguing about nouns, you know, and <laughs> yeah. I think that, that you know, if you're going to talk about first world privilege, I think that might be it. Yeah. And the NBA players will that will be complaining about the statues are totally turning uh, their their the other, you know, not even looking at what's going on in China, which has currently Jim Crow and much worse going on in that country. Uh, Rachel Bovard, what's the best place for people to find you? You can find us online at conservativepartnership.org and all my work on Twitter at Rachel Bovard. All right, Rachel Bovard, thanks so much for being on the program. She's with the Conservative Partnership Institute. Uh, We're back in a second. Go to YouTube, search for Stu. This will be the first show there. Subscribe now and click the bell to get your alerts because Friday is the 100th anniversary. Stu does Power Hour with Sarah Gonzalez, Chad Prather, and more. Make sure you join us. It's going to be ridiculous.